well, I've been thinking about the the things like as far as drivers, um, I've definitely talked to you about this wounds and and mm-hmm. gifts. Like the reason why I think the reason why I got good at wrestling was partially because I really liked um, the sport. I was fascinated by using your body to 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 win uh, this technique. I mean, I remember when I first started wrestling, um, I uh, I wasn't I didn't win, so I was like focused on practicing, right? Mm-hmm. So th- that's one aspect of why I got good at wrestling. But two, I remember in junior high, I would ask uh, girls out. I would try to get their attention, and they used to always just say. Um, Dalton's just a friend. He's just a little, you know, like he's just short. You know, girls would um, judge me because of my height and, you know, those types of things. Not in a uh, truly negative way. It was just, it's truth. You know, they were, um, they were, you know, I was not as popular of a counterpart at that time to, uh, to, to girls in junior high. And, uh, you know, it really motivated me to physically... Uh, change myself. Um, I remember I started lifting weights in eighth grade. Mm -hmm. Um, I started really excelling in wrestling in eighth grade. And when I got to freshman year, um, some of these same things still happened, but I started to gain the attention of older girls. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I remember I was a freshman and there were juniors and seniors that wanted to, to go out with me. And then that like, that fueled it. So, you know, wounds, talk about that a wound. A big wound was building my confidence in myself through um, um, a lack of acceptance from um, the, f- the female uh, mm-hmm. aspect. That was, that, that's something that has definitely motivated me to... Uh, become my best self so that I have a confidence in myself that, you know, if going back to the surface level stuff, like if you are attracted to another person based on the surface level stuff, okay, then I'm probably not your guy. Right. Uh, whether it was a, you know, uh, a relationship between myself and another girl or if it was just a friendship or anything. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it always, it definitely, that definitely was something to be, to build a personal confidence in, in who I am and, and what I'm trying to do. What's interesting about what you were just dealing with is that there's a lot of things in, in life we can influence and we can change. Well, the one thing that we really can't is our height. I don't know if the plastic surgeons have figured out <laughs> how to make you taller, <laughs> you know? I yeah. mean, so it's it's literally one of those things that either you are going to um, attack it and figure out how to have a level of acceptance ab- about it, but the acceptance has to come into, and I think you said it perfectly, about how do I then build my inner self a confidence about who I am? Mm. Because this is a... Um, we don't necessarily have to say it was a limitation because you used it to your benefit because you then wrestled at a lighter weight 
and and those, there were some benefits, uh, you know, that that probably also went with that. So, Kylie, you looked like you had a couple of thoughts. About yeah. That. So go ahead. Jump yeah, in. yeah. Um, we've talked about this almost. I mean, it was pretty recently that I brought up uh, this realization I had, but like along the lines of just super objectively, it's interesting how from a female's perspective, like his height when we first first started to hang out, like when I felt attracted to him, I felt confused, like that I was attracted to him because I thought, well, I can't be because he's shorter and it wasn't about him. It was about me. I didn't want to feel big. I didn't want to feel bigger than who I was with Mm -hmm. having nothing to do with him. Mm -hmm. Like I, I couldn't handle the insecurity of being bigger. If that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. So it was all about my ego. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. it wasn't me judging him. It was me judging myself. Like, well, you know, I feel that I'm not like this tiny, cute little girl. I'm mm-hmm. like this big, like giant, you know? Mm-hmm. So I had an insecurity insecurity about being tall. So that that was a mirror for me to have to face that because I was attracted to his confidence because mm-hmm. it was real. Mm-hmm. Like I felt that it was real. I was attracted to that he was physically in shape, you mm-hmm. know? And of course I thought he was so handsome. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, what's wrong? Like I can't, I can't, have all of this attraction to him mm-hmm. and then just not pursue it because I don't want to feel taller mm-hmm. than him. And I only realized that it was about me and my ego and my insecurity like very recently, like the last year or so. Mm-hmm. But I thought that that was, um, that was really interesting for me to, and for a lot of women I think, is about this perception of what we think we're supposed to be in. like mm-hmm. a what a relationship is supposed to look like, like the guy's supposed to be taller and the girl's supposed mm-hmm. to be shorter. Sure. And I think a lot of times it has more to do with us selfishly wanting to feel petite and small. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I think there, there must be an element to that that is also um, uh, culturally, you know, either mm-hmm. ethnically or, or, for, or you know, from a you know, different Social part of the... Social perspective, know, for sure. Yeah, and I think there, they, all those things were kind of must influence that as well. Um, you, you said something. I, I, you said about being insecure about being about your height, right? And then in our last conversation, you I thought you said, and maybe this is where I my memory isn't right, but that you weren't tall enough to be the princess in Disney. Uh, it was both. It, okay. I wasn't the right height, so it was too tall for one, too oh, short well, for I got another. You. Okay. But yeah, I get okay. where. Yeah. So, yeah. so on one hand you're not the right height for Disney, right? right? And then, but all along, you'd always been a tall girl. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing you'd yeah. always been tall. And, and and so that was your perception. I had this I had this realization, um, I don't know, probably a couple of years ago, about this idea that who, how we see ourselves when we're in middle school, in early high school and middle school, if not addressed, if not somehow you know changed or influenced or intervened with then that's how we see ourselves also as an adult and and the reason why I bring that up is that the height that I am right now was the height that I was in in seventh and eighth grade and then I stopped growing so so when football and wrestling and all that I was in the back row right so you know how like we take sports pictures you know and you're in the back row that means you were on the tallest right and by the time I was a senior in football, I was in the front row because everyone else got taller. But in my mind, my five, seven, five, eightness, whatever I am, 
I was, my perception of myself was that I was always taller, where clearly, including my son and, you know, <laughs> other family members, you know, are, are much taller than me, but my mind, but I think that had to do with that influence where I'll talk to someone at the same time that my perception of myself was that I was overweight in that sixth and seventh grade. So no matter how lean I ever got, it it, it never felt like it was enough. And that probably was up until just, you know, probably the last, you know, two or three years that mm-hmm. I've really started getting my head even wrapped around that, mm-hmm. you know, from a body image standpoint. So what, what do you think about that possibility that we get this intellectual and emotional snapshot of our snapshot 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 of ourselves <laughs> when we're um when we're in that time period of our life and unless intervened it can influence us as an adult yeah, yeah. i mean yeah, clearly no, he talked about how he did intervene well right? that's that's one of the things that i mean this brings us into a, a a different conversation though but i think that is huge right i think those those periods in our life are so important. Mm. Um, but I think what's most important, um, I don't know how to articulate this, so I'll, I'll try not to do it uh, poorly. But like, I don't, I don't look back on the way I felt as something that I would ever change. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't look back on the way that other people tried to maybe bully me or or make me feel uh, less of myself. I don't look back at all and think, I really wish that never happened to me. Mm -hmm. Because um, whether it's my parents or some coaches that I had in my life, they made sure that I changed my mindset to be a victor, to not be a victim. And and I think it's a very important uh, distinction because this is something that I think is probably more important in addressing what happens at those ages mm-hmm. more because I think oftentimes if we haven't um, healed fully, we we are trying to protect other people from feeling the way that they're feeling in the present. Mm-hmm. And for me, I don't want to protect anybody. I want to um, I want to encourage them to become their strongest self through the adversity of whatever it happens to be. So I definitely think it's important. I, I definitely agree that that those years looking back are so crucial sure. to to how you develop into an adult. Um, and all I can say is that if I didn't have those experiences, if I didn't have um, girls being insecure about potentially dating me or something. Uh, yeah, I don't know how I would have, uh, like, gotten the strength and the motivation. Because, I mean, sometimes I was lifting weights not for wrestling. Mm-hmm. And right. and and that's important, yeah. you know? So yeah. yeah. Well, it's that extra thing that will make you do two more reps. It will be that thing that when you're exhausted and tired and don't feel like you can – there's usually something bigger than yourself. Yeah. And again, that can, I, I think it can come out of a, of a gift and where that gift comes from, and it can come out of a wound and where that comes from. It, it doesn't have to be bad. It, But I do think it's important to recognize where the driver's coming from. Yeah, so, absolutely. So, Kyle, you looked like you had some thoughts. What, you know, when 
about about the idea of uh, the perception that we have in the story we tell ourselves at that time period and how yeah. that if that isn't addressed we may be 40 years old still following yeah. the same perception yeah um i guess something really specific came up that i don't i don't know if this is even necessary to share but it's it's so um relevant to this topic mm -hmm. that i had a very specific memory in seventh grade at the uh, lunchroom cafeteria sitting at the lunch table and it was like all the group of girls you know we had either hot lunch or you brought your own lunch and we're all sitting there eating and one of my kind of friends um we had back when we didn't have digital cameras or cell phones um we had printed out pictures mm -hmm. and there was a picture of myself from like a profile mm -hmm. and the girl was like Kylie has such a big nose. And I had never heard that before. Mm. And I was like, like, you know, it's kind of what you're talking about, that first moment of realizing yourself, of like whether you're invisible or visible and like what the perception of other people of you is, what their perception is, helps you develop your own. So I had just never looked at my nose before. Mm -hmm. I had never thought about it. Right. And so when she said that, it planted a seed in me. And it became a huge insecurity of mine, which led to me crying almost every night my junior, senior year of high school. Um, I looked into surgery. I saved up for surgery. And I had surgery. Okay. So I ended up having a nose job, basically. Mm -hmm. It was called a rhinoplasty. But I was obsessed with it since seventh grade. Hmm. Because I just of that thought, one comment. Because of one comment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so that's the extreme version sure. of that. Yeah, and I'm and I'm guessing during that time period that parents or anyone that well, I mean, I'm assuming you told some people. Did you tell your parents about it? I told my mom. Told yeah. your mom about it. Yeah, and she couldn't console. There was nothing she. There's nothing anybody really can do in those moments. But right. Yeah, not not probably without trying, but yeah, she definitely. You know, of course. I'm sure that was really hard as a parent for your daughter to say she doesn't like her face, yeah. you know. So she definitely didn't want me to do it. And I waited maybe five or six years mm -hmm. to do it. And I remember telling my dad, sitting my dad down, it was my first really scary conversation with him because right. um, I knew he wasn't going to be happy. Sure. But my decision was already made. Yeah. So when I told him, you know, he said, is there anything I can do to change your mind? And I said, nope. So they came with me and they're really supportive and I don't regret it at all. Like, I feel like this is what my face was supposed to look like, yeah. but who knows if that was me brainwashing myself. Sure. You know, it's, uh, so many times we talk about, um, how, how something can happen, like an incident can happen and you could almost clearly see a before and then, a, and then an after and the event happens, right? They, we talk about this event and, and it could be a comment like that. We could. Maybe you fall that, that cat, what was said to you could be a comment of bullying, right? We could put that in the category of bullying. Someone else, it's, they're in an accident, you know, of some type of accident or a rape or some type of something happens and the, the incident heals, right? The, the flesh heals, the, the body heals, but the story that we tell ourselves now because of that incident is what ends up being the wound. It's never the, it's never really whatever the occurrence is mm -hmm. it's it's the story that we tell ourselves because someone else they could have told told them that story and it would have been like whatever 
Yeah, you're you wrong. Know? Yeah, and um, but when we are, when we don't know, and we're we're in that very much impressionable time period, mm-hmm. um, I think that's, I think to me is probably why I go into the schools and talk so much about um, about that idea now. Can it be, like you said, Dalton, can it be used then later to end up being um, for strength perspective? Absolutely. And I think that's why we call it resiliency, right? We, we, if, we, if we never had those things happen to us when we were in middle school and high school, then the odds are they're going to happen in college and, you know, and we're farther away from home, right? Um, but so I think this stuff is going to happen. But like in that case, I, they that little girl probably had no idea. Maybe she did. Maybe she was just one of the, you know, a mean girl, you know, but she also maybe had no idea what she said. And, of course. Uh, and I just recently had something happen um, that was very similar. And I know that when this person told me what happened um, about it, how her son was wounded, um, I haven't stopped thinking about it since and, and how I'm going to bring that to my to my staff and, and, and talk to them about um, how much uh, an encounter for some people can be remembered. Um, it could be lifelong. Well, let me uh, move off of this if, we, if that's possible. And I'm going to ask you guys, I know that um, I'm going to fast forward into your guys' relationship. You guys, you know, you guys been in a relationship and then you guys decided to um, do something that is uh, counterculture, at least for me. And this is about the time when I first met you, Dalton, is that you were going to um, uh, sell things, sell everything off, and you guys were going to go travel for a while. So tell us, tell me a little bit about that, because I remember that's when you and I first met. We first started talking about the hero's journey and Joseph Campbell, and and um, and and you were telling me, well, we're just going to, was it Arizona? Is that Started in Colorado, and then proceeded to Arizona yeah so what 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 was the vision of that what was the the thought about that and the fact that you guys were doing it I mean I did something similar but I was single at the time when I did it you know and um and but you guys did it as a couple and that you know yeah there's a lot to it I mean uh in the beginning for as to why I think we were just in a point of complete uncertainty as far as what we wanted out of it um i had started coaching but much like when i went to uh, a couple of universities it was just the thing that got me back to rockford to be in a relationship with her to be closer to my family like it wasn't something that i was uh extremely inspired to to do at that point in my life being a head wrestling coach at a at a high school it wasn't it was just something that was next after graduation it provided an income it was just the thing um i wasn't having fun with that and so i didn't think that i was going to that i didn't think i wanted to stay um for her she had uh she had just she had quit her job. She had started this new career as a um, self-employed artist. Mm -hmm. And so... We both had quite a bit of freedom. Freedom. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. And really, the the, uh, I think the initiation of making that decision came when our our lease was up. And so it's kind of like this decision of, do we we sign a, a year lease and just kind of hang out here and just coast with what we're doing? Or should we just go explore Mm -hmm. 
and he was very um i think he, i like exploring yeah he had to help me jump for sure okay i mean there's a there's a memory that we both have that we remember um in the kitchen and i was just losing it like i was just crying i was sitting on the kitchen counter and i'm like but why like what are we gonna do like you know the ego is just like how are we gonna make money where are we gonna live who are these people that we're gonna be with i don't know anybody you know just all the the logistics of it i was just terrified yeah so terrified if if you think back on it what do you what 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 were you terrified of what was the dragon certainty yeah um discomfort too for sure like i just wanted my but I what's wanted... com- i mean comfort comes from knowing what you're gonna do yeah. how you're gonna yeah. make money where you're gonna sleep yeah the uncertainty of just not having it all planned out okay and letting that go and i could break that down into like not having my bed not having my own bathroom not having my own space you sure. know just just yeah the uncertainty was just like just very scary okay Okay, so, so they talk about um, one of those needs that we all as human beings have, but for some, the need of certainty may be even a bigger driving force than maybe for, for Dalton at that time. Your need for, uh, you know, uh, adventure, your need for, uh, you know, variety was maybe for you greater than your need for certainty and maybe your you know, now that this is becoming real, your need for certainty is now maybe greater than this uh, um, variety. You know, mm-hmm. and so, um, and so then, uh, that's is usually where couples uh, have conflict. And so, mm-hmm. how did you guys navigate through? Uh, how did you guys navigate through that? Yeah. Um, well, I was just gonna go off of that a little bit. Of, like, you know, I, for me, I don't think it was about like my certainty is is like always there my certainty in figuring it out Mm -hmm. right um and not and not needing um the complete certainty it's just having a level of confidence of like well we'll figure it out and and also like the idea of building skills right like i think it's important to think about going into the woods and and training like rocky you know like because you come out of the woods a different person. Yeah. And so when I think of travel, I almost think like it was a need for us to go and build more skills and, and information so that whatever we decide to do, we have more uh, ability to create a plan and execute that plan. Mm-hmm. But um, as far as the conflicts, um, yeah, like kind of with that, the, you know, the, the idea that I've been trained – my entire life to deal with uncomfortable situations mm-hmm. um, and not panic and uh, not think that you can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. Knowing how difficult it is, just knowing that you can figure it out, there's always a way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think... There's a few situations, but... Um. Yeah. There was definitely a lot of conflict in the sense that it was just me being really scared. And of course, there was uncertainty on both of our um from both of us because when you go on a road trip it's like you know directions or like where are we at where we're gonna stop like all those things come up so a road trip in general I think is a good place to learn about yourself and each other (laughs) and develop communication skills um but I remember you know the drive there was just like 
it was, I don't think anyone's ever done this before. I don't think anyone would ever want to do this, but he, so he drives with no sound. Like there's no radio on where I would say 99% of people when you get in the car, it's like instant radio, just something on Mm -hmm. in the background. I've learned to enjoy the silence of driving because then you have your full attention to driving, which is a very important task. Um, and to just not have that, not to need to have that like uh, noise mm-hmm. going on. So we drove in silence for 17 hours, <laughs> something like that. And we, we had I'm conversation. Sure yeah, conversation for sure. We had conversation, but it was less conversation. It was more silence, which was almost like this meditation, sure. you know, to just have to face everything that was coming up. So that was hard and helpful. Um, and I think when he talks about, you know, he had been training for anything and everything his whole life through wrestling and just training his mind to be able to deal with discomfort. And I hadn't done that. But the previous year that we spent together leading up to us leaving was my beginning of building strength. Mm-hmm. And I had been, we together went through so much that year. To where it was like, okay, we're, we're ready to take the next step of okay. discomfort together. Okay. So when you think about, think about those, that trip, and I, I think, I mean, obviously there's going to be things that you, you know, you're going to remember something because you just saw something that was just amazingly beautiful, right? And just blew you, blew you away from, from just, you know, nature's beauty, God's beauty, right? And then there's other things that usually come um, out of, uh, something that's difficult that you guys get through, and so if you if you think about uh, something that that you saw that just blew you away as far as an experience or beauty or something like that, what would be something in that? How long were you guys gone? A total of a year, but with a break in it. Okay, and so in that year, if there was a, a one or two things that you experienced or saw from just a a beauty standpoint, right? Um, tell me, let me hear about that. And then, and then I'll ask the second question after you get done. Mm-hmm. 